Power Zone Sports Podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and Star Alvarado, our Bay Area Realtor. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one. Swan Lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is going to win. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, welcome in, Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us. It is Masters Week. In Augusta, we this is one of the uh, seminal weeks of the sports calendar. Uh, I am a if, if you're go, if you're a golf pa- golf fan, you are in paradise. This is kind of the Super Bowl of of major championships for the in the golf world. Kind of a nice transition from the college basketball end of the re- end of the season in college basketball, leading into the start of the baseball season. We got the basketball and the hockey playoffs right around the corner. So this is kind of an interesting time here. The next uh, three, four weeks, we have the NFL draft is in about three weeks uh, from this recording. So we got a lot of stuff going on in the sports world. Uh, no guests this week. We're gonna, I'm going to give you some powers, pointers, and we're going to talk about some topics, just some, some thoughts on some topics. We're going to hit uh, the Masters. We're going to hit the NBA. We're going to hit uh, MLB. Just gonna go around the go around the sports uh, landscape and give you a couple thoughts. I'm gonna give you some Masters picks. Uh, for those of you who like to uh, place a wager or two, I'm gonna give you some picks that I think I like. Uh, looking at the Masters slate of uh, action that you can make as well. So, got a good episode. Like I said, good episode for you. A couple nuggets. <clears throat> I did win my March Madness pool that I was in. Uh, I did have a couple. I did. Put in a, submit a couple of brackets, and I did end up winning with the Yukon Huskies. I think I told you last week I'd want, I'd already, I'd clint. No, I didn't tell you this, but I clinched going into uh, the end of last week, uh, going into the final four. I'd, I'd already clinched it because nobody, literally nobody in any of the pools, and there was like 120 people in this bracket that I was in. Nobody had San Diego State, FAU, or Miami in the final four, and only a few people had Connecticut. And I was one of those, and I was already ahead of everybody else, so it didn't matter what happened. Uh, Connecticut did go on, obviously, to win the win the national championship, so that was uh, good. Uh, Adama Sinogo, MVP, again, Final Four in Houston, Texas. <clears throat> what a f- Saturday game one, the undercard FAU San Diego State turned out to be a tremendous game. Only the fifth time in Final Four history that the game had was won at the buzzer. Uh, literally won at the buzzer by Lamont Butler for uh, San Diego State. Great comeback. They were down 14 to FAU. Just the the wear the wearing down of FAU of the uh, by San Diego State on the glass turned out to be the difference in the game. The offensive rebounding prowess in the second half by San Diego State was tremendous. Again, what a what what a great uh, and what a great ending there with Lamont Butler after the block shot. Dutcher doesn't call the timeout. If uh, 
San Diego State goes that down transition. If you saw the replay, Butler was like less than a, less than an inch from stepping out of bounds on the baseline before he cut back to hit the mid range jumper. So. Uh, FAU goes down in the final four to San Diego State, I believe 72-71. The nightcap was kind of a ho-hum. Uh, UConn went over Miami. Uh, UConn, uh, you know, they were just the better team. They got up to a big lead. Miami made a little dent, dent into the lead in the second half, got within six or seven or eight. But UConn was clearly the better team over Laranega and the Miami Hurricanes, which set up the Monday night final. UConn, San Diego State. UConn jumped out early. Again, game got interesting a little bit late. San Diego State cut the lead down to five. Most of the second half, Connecticut was comfortably ahead from eight to 12 points. Uh, they did get to five, though, late. And then Jordan Hawkins with a big three with about four and a half minutes to go kind of sealed the deal there. Um, so UConn wins their fifth national title in the last 24 years, 25 years. Sonogo, the most outstanding player, well-deserved. He was just a beast in the low post. Um, Danny Hurley gets his first national title as well, so that's good for him and the Hurley family. You saw the Hurley family uh, highlighted a bunch during the Final Four weekend. Obviously, Jim Nance's last Final Four call, Ian Eagle, now taking over for the call for Jim Nance. Jim will continue to do his duties with the NFL and the Masters. Um, but no more Final Four for Jim Nance. Nice tribute they did to Jim Nance. If you saw that on the on the uh, the, the couple of the pre the preview shows leading into the Final Four and the championship game. Uh, but again, Nance's career in the college basketball world is over. Um, so uh, one of the lowest rated finals ever, and that was probably not to be not unexpected with the with the Cinder all the all the kind of the. The off-brand names, FAU, Miami, San Diego State, uh, did not get a very good rating, but who cares? Good game, national champion, UConn, fifth one, third one in the last, I think, 11 or 12 years with the third different coach. You had Calhoun, Ollie, and now Hurley. They are definitely a blue blood and will definitely probably be the top uh, number one team going into next year. Several of those guys will probably come back, cling in the backup center, uh, we Andre Jackson, we think's coming back. The couple kids off the bench, Caravan, Calcaterra, they have apparently have a very good recruiting class. We don't know yet about Sonogo. I think Jordan Hawkins will go to the draft. He'll be a, he'll be a, probably a mid round, mid first round draft pick as well as a shooting guard. He's pretty smooth. I like his game, and his game will translate pretty well to the NBA with all the free flowing and the shooting. So again, uh, good job by uh, UConn, and we'll see. How that goes on the women's side? Some drama, some some uh, off court, you know, in game drama. LSU beats Iowa in the final, one hundred two eighty five. Remember, Iowa ups, pulled the, the big upset on Friday night over South Carolina. LSU beat Virginia Tech, and in the final on Sunday, just too much firepower for LSU. One hundred scored one hundred two points. Uh, Clark had a, had a good game, but again, you know, she didn't get enough help. Foul trouble, officiating issues in the game. A lot of a lot of uh, debate about the officiating in that game. A lot of fouls called. Uh, you saw the technical, the, the the dubious technical foul called on Caitlin Clark. I uh, didn't like that call um, at all. And then obviously you saw at the end of the game the, uh, the the taunting by Reese towards Caitlin Clark with the with the John Cena uh, face sign, and then kind of walking her down towards the the, the the bench area, giving her the sign. 
she didn't get a technical foul. Mulkey never got a technical foul for being on the court the whole game. So, so again, the, the dubious officiating was not the best uh, moment for the officiating in that game. LSU again was the uh, team that was they, they were comf- not I won't say comfortable but they were they were had a had a working margin a lot of that game eight nine points um, and again Kim Mulkey in her second year at LSU gets her their their first national title hard to believe LSU's never won a national title they had been zero and five zero and five, I think zero and four going into the final four uh, had never even won a final four game so Kim Mulkey gets it done year two uh, Reese is a good player. He had some impact players coming off the bench. Uh, one girl who hadn't scored in three games, she scores 22 points in the first half, which is hard to believe. Uh, but good for LSU celebrating. <clears throat> and we'll see what Caitlin Clark decides to do if she's going to come back to Iowa. Uh, she has two more years of eligibility, theoretically. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if she came back one more year, but I think one more year will be the, the end. Uh, she's going to do very well in the NIL world, so if she wants to stay in college, She'll probably meet, she'll probably be making close to seven figures in NIL money with as big a star as she is in the college game. The ratings were excellent for ESPN and college bat and ABC because remember the championship game was on ABC, so the rate they got a great rating, so that's good for the good for the sport. Um, but if you're but if you're Angel Reese, okay, win the game with a little bit of class. I don't have a problem with you taunting a little bit because Caitlin Clark she she had her moments during the year where she taunt you know she, she but you don't need to be walking her back to the to the uh to the bench and if you're going to do that and you're adamant about the 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 disrespect then in the post-game interview i don't want to hear angel reese which she did i don't want to hear her backtrack say you know what you're right i taunted her and i'm trying to give her the business stand by your principle if that's how you feel great but don't back down in the press conference well you know the emotions got the best of me and blah 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 stand up for your position if you're going to do it do it and don't back down. Don't backtrack. Don't backpedal. Whatever. Stand up to your position. So, LSU national champions, college basketball world, um, <clears throat> Major League Baseball has got their in, in finishing up their first week. Two teams that have that have uh, come out of the gate sprinting is the Braves and the Tampa uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. My Rays down here undefeated. They've uh, won every game by four-plus runs, which is the first time since 1884 that a team has won their first six games by four-plus runs. They've, they're, they're, they are hitting the ball. They're pitching. You know, the biggest thing with the Rays, we've always known they've always had good pitching staffs and all that, but the offensive production has been tremendous so far. I think they're leading the league in runs. I think they've got 44 runs through six games. Which again, if they can score, if they can average four and a half to five runs a game, they're going. They might be going to the World Series because the pitching staff they put together, the starters, the, the just the consistency that they've put together is tremendous. McClanahan's is a Cy Young candidate for sure. They picked up Zach Eflin. The the offensive production with Wander Franco early. You got Luke Raley at first base. You have uh, Orosa Reina's playing really well. Remember he had a big uh, World Baseball Classic. So. If the Rays can hit the ball and score, you know, four, four and a half runs a game, they're going to be a tough, very, very tough out in the in the American League East. Uh, again, you got you'll have the Yankees will be a factor. You'll have the Rangers are off to a good start. Uh, the Mets will be in the National League. The Mets will be a factor. Dodgers, Padres, the Braves, um, the Phillies got off, got off to a slow start and all that. But uh, the Rays and the Braves are the two most impressive teams through one week in Major League Baseball. 
Um, so we'll see how that goes as we move into uh, the mid part of April and end April. NHL and NBA playoffs start relatively soon. I think NBA playoffs start end of next week. Uh, NHL playoffs start the 17th. Remember, next week for the NBA, we still have the play-in tournament. So <clears throat> 7, 8, 9, and 10 will all play in both conferences. 7 and 8 play. The winner is in. And then the 9 and 10 team play. The loser is out. And then the win, the loser of the of the uh, the loser of the seven eight game will play the winner of the eight nine game to get the eight seed in both conferences. So, a lot of jockeying for position in the, in the Western Conference. Be interesting to see what, what happens between the Lakers, uh, Clippers, Warriors, Mavericks. Can the Mavericks get into the tournament? Pelicans and such. So, a lot of jockeying position in these last three or four games in the West. The East is fairly set as far as one through six. Obviously, seven, eight, nine, ten will get decided. But uh, the big thing in the in the NBA is who's going to win the MVP. Is it Joel Embiid? Is it is it Jokic? Uh, remember, Joel Embiid had a huge game earlier this week against the Celtics, fifty-two points. I think Embiid's going to get it. Jokic has won it the last two years. I think the the uh, I think the writers again the the Nuggets are going to be probably the one seed in the West, which is helpful to Jokic's cause. But again, Embiid's in a very tough conference in the East, and they're going to be the three seed. Had a great year. Embiid's had a tremendous year. I think Embiid's going to win the MVP. Uh, would be well deserved. But also, if you if if Jokic win it, Jokic wins it. Don't have a complaint there either. Would be the first three time in a three time MVP in a row. Uh, we'll get in some very uh, lofty clouds of who's won the MVP three times in a in a row, but I think Embiid will win a very close race in that facet. So, listen to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host Jason, giving you some Powers pointers going into the weekend. Uh, the last thing, remember NFL draft is coming up in about three weeks. You're starting to see some uh, news coming out of these teams. All the interview you're seeing a lot of in-person uh, visits, workouts with all the quarterbacks: Young, Stroud, Levis, Anthony Richardson. Richardson's probably the wild card as far as how high will he go? Could he go as high as number three? Potentially, could somebody trade with Arizona to get to three to draft him? I.e., the Colts, potentially the Raiders, maybe the Titans. Um, where will will Levis go? Who goes number one? Is it Young or is it C.J. Stroud to Carolina? So it'll be interesting, again, be interesting to see the jockeying that happens here in the next couple of weeks. You're going to see how far will Jalen Carter fall, the, the defensive end, defensive tackle, excuse me, from Georgia. He had some very poor, poor pro days, being out of shape and such. Uh, will he drop out of the top 10? I don't think he will. I think he'll he'll probably go no lower than probably eight. Uh, you hear a lot of speculation about Detroit or Chicago taking him at five or six. So we'll see what happens there. And I'm sure there will be, again, some couple of uh, interesting selections. Where will the offensive linemen go? And, again, somebody will make a trade to jump into the top ten, probably to pick one of these quarterbacks. And at the bottom of the first round, who will jump back into the bottom of the round to take a quarterback, i.e. a guy like Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Let us talk that he's rising. Remember, he's coming off the knee injury. One thing about Hendon Hooker to be aware of, he's 25 years old. He played, you know, he's in college forever, coming off a knee injury. Uh, he injured his knee in November, so again, will he be ready to play in September? Uh, realistically, and two, obviously, with his age, you worry about if it takes him three years to develop or be really good. Then he's already 28, 29. Do teams want to invest, you know, that much into a guy who's already 25 years old? That'd be the interesting thing with Hendon Hooker. So, uh, don't be. It wouldn't be shocking me if a team like the Bucks took Hendon, maybe a, potentially could take Hooker. 
I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but NFL draft three weeks away, so you'll hear a lot. You'll start to hear a lot of lies out of these GMs' mouths. What's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? Will somebody make a move before the draft, or will all the Lamar Jackson stuff heat up after the draft? Because remember, if they sign an offer sheet to uh, to Lamar. It'll cost him two first-round draft picks, but if the draft's already over, it'll cost you next year's first round and the year after. So a little more palpable, you know, if a team signs Lamar Jackson, they do really well, and they're drafting in the 20s next year, then it's not that bad, not that big a deal. So it'd be interesting how that gets handled. Will a team like the Colts, maybe Tennessee, make a run at Lamar after the draft uh, has concluded. So keep your eyes open on that stuff. So um, in the draft, by the way, is in Kansas City this year. So you'll, you'll see them in, in, in you know the Kansas City district, the entertainment district, or however they're going to set that up. But that'll be pretty exciting here in about three weeks. So, all right, Powers on Sports Podcast. Find us on Twitter at JPO Sports. Love to hear your feedback. Um, the Masters is the event of this weekend for me. Uh, this is the uh, again Super Bowl to me. The be- this is the best major of the on the golf calendar. I think m- many many players think this is the best uh, major of them all. Best tournament to play in, with all the with all the pristine beauty of Augusta, the course, uh, the dramatics that you t- typically see on a Saturday Sunday at Augusta. The one, couple big topics this year with Augusta is the weather issues. Weather's not supposed to be good starting Friday afternoon. Saturday's not supposed to be good at all. Cold, wet, rain. So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to finish on Sunday, how much delay happens on Saturday. Um, They haven't had a Monday finish in 40 years since 1983. Um, So you could potentially be looking at a Monday finish. I think they'll do everything they can to finish Sunday. Remember, uh, Augusta National, unlike so many other courses, has the most elite technology when it comes to draining water. Uh, the air systems underneath the underneath the the the, the, gra- the green the grounds and the greens and the fairways is second to none in the world. So they're able to get a course ready to play faster than anybody else in the world. So it'd be interesting to see what how that how that plays out with the weather. Uh, cold, you know, hot Thursday, decent weather Friday, rain. It's supposed to be coming in Friday afternoon from from all indications, and then Saturday is supposed to be really cold and windy, and Sunday. You know, windy and weather. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. So that's 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 uh, storyline number one. Number two, Rory going for the slam hasn't won a major in nine years. Still trying to win the last uh, his first Masters, which would give him the Grand Slam. Uh, the other big story is the Live players and the PGA guys intermingling this week. This will be the first major where the Live guys and the and the PGA guys have have played together. So we'll see what those dynamics are. And then obviously Tiger Woods is back, and uh, he'll be playing again this week. I think the weather conditions could hurt Tiger. The cold weather, the dampness that won't. That's remember Augusta National is a really really tough walk for these players, especially the older guys. Very a lot of hills, a lot of side hill lies. Not very good on your joints, your knees, your back. So a guy like Tiger with the leg problems and the back problems, that that cold weather in the in the damp fairways that won't be good for Tiger. Uh, as you know, if you if you're in the in the age of forty plus, cold weather damp tends to make your joints stiff and sore quicker. So I don't think Tiger again. Who knows? I'd love to see it. It'd be great for TV. It'd be great for CBS if Tiger's in the mix. Wouldn't shock me if he's in the mix after Friday, but we will see how uh, the weather goes over the weekend. Um, again, the, the live issues, you know, 
They had the champions dinner. I think six of the former champions are live players now, so I'm sure you will hear some more information coming out of the champions dinner, how some of those things went, those interactions. Um, but, uh, yeah, it be the first time. It'd be interesting to see if the, if the live guys can can be competitive. Uh, you know, they got some tremendous players. You got Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, who won the, the live event last week. You got, you know, some former champions, Patrick, Patrick Reed, Schwartzel, Guys like that 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 definitely could uh, could contend a little bit. Cam Smith is a really good player, not playing great right now, but it's still a really good player. Your favorites this week are going to be uh, you got John Rahm, you got Rory, you got um, let's see John Rahm, Rory, uh, you know Scheffler, the defending champion. So again, you got you got some huge players. I'm going to give you a couple gambling tips if you like to play any these golf tournaments, these majors. I like to do, uh, you know, give you some give you some good some odds. A uh, couple odds to win the tournament. Brooks Kepka, thirty two to one. This guy has four major championships. Remember, he finally won last week on the Live Tour. Sounds like he's finally back to his uh, full health. He's had knee problems the last couple of years. Brooks Kepka at thirty-two to one is a pretty good, uh, not a bad uh, wager to win the tournament. Jason Day's been playing really well, twenty-three to one. I like Jordan Spieth at fifteen to one. Justin Thomas is at nineteen to one. Uh, kind of a guy way off the radar. Tony Finau, he's a guy that's a tremendous player. Just hasn't won a major yet. He's twenty-two to one. I like him a little bit. Uh, Xander Schauffele is always a, is always a pretty good major player. He's at twenty-two to one. Uh, and, and one more really long wild card, Victor Hovland, the uh, really good player, thirty-three to one. So those are the kind of guys I like as far as to win the tournament. Rory's like plus seven hundred. Uh, Rom is like plus eight fifty. Um, you know, those are the, those are your those are your your leaders as far as Scheffler's plus six hundred. It's not great value for those guys. You know, even Phil Mickelson. I know he's not been playing well, and all the scrutiny he's been under with the live. Golf tour and such, he's plus 10,000. Say what you want. I know he's 53 years old, hadn't been playing great, but he loves that course. He knows that course. And at plus 10,000, you know, you put a $20 bill on uh, Phil Mickelson, uh, you win 100 times your money. Not the worst $20 investment you've ever made in your life. So um, you can also make investments on top five finishes, top 10 finishes, top 20 finishes. I'm going to give you a couple names in each of those categories that I like as well. Justin Thomas in the top five, plus 350. I like that. Uh, Siwoo Kim. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Minwoo uh, Min Lee, the guy who was very much in contention at the Players' Championship. Um, see, Xander Schauffele, plus 400 to be in the top five. Finau, plus 380. Phil Mickelson, plus 3,300, so 33 to 1. I like that a little bit. Spieth plus 275 to be in the top five. Top 10, Brooks Kepka plus 260. Uh, Jason Day plus 170, I like. Uh, Tiger at plus 480, depending on what the weather is like, to be in the top 10. That's a potential in, in a top in, in wager you can make on the top to be a top 20 finisher. I really like Jason Day, minus 130 in the top 20. Um, Justin Thomas is one minus 150. Um, Will Zalatoris, who's had some master success coming off an injury. He's even money to be in the top 20. Again, you can make a lot of wagers on guys and make some money on guys that don't even have to win the tournament. Just be in contention 
you know, remember this is only 88 people are in this field. Um, and typically the winner of this event has experience in major championships, has some master's experience. You can pretty much eliminate probably 35 guys right off the bat um, due to lack of experience, amateurs, guys like that. So you're probably only dealing with a, with a field of about 50 that you really have to have any contention of somebody that can be in contention. So uh, there's some good value out there. Have a little fun with it. Don't go crazy, obviously. And uh, again, this will be a tournament that I'll watch from Thursday to Sunday. I'll be I'll have it on my phone. I'll have it in my la on my computer on at work. Again, watch the Golf Channel. I know if you don't watch the Golf Channel, they do they do great work this during the majors live at the Masters. Rich Learner and Company. They do a great recap show. They do a great build up show during, all during the day. If you listen to if you have Sirius XM Radio, you can listen to, to uh, Masters Radio. Download the Masters dot the Masters app. It's a free app. They have great coverage, statistics, all that stuff up to the second. That's a great app to have for this week for the Masters. I love it. I watch it from start to finish all four days, whether it's on the phone, whether it's in the car. I just love listening to it this week. For some reason, the Masters gets me, and I just I really get into it. So there's your Masters picks. Again, I'm going to give you three names that I think could win the tournament. Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and I'm going to say... Jason Day are my three favorite are my three guys, but I also like Kepka at 32 to 1, Finau, and Shoffley. Those six names are the guys kind of a little bit off the radar. I'd love to see Rory do it. I'll probably have a couple dollars on Rory to win. But those six guys are kind of the off-the-radar guys from a betting perspective that I think could be of some good value to you. So um, especially a guy like Kepka at 32 to 1. That's a great value. That's a great number for him. So all right, enjoy Masters Week. Enjoy uh, the upcoming NHL NBA playoffs coming up. We will have a guest for you again next week. Appreciate you finding us. And remember, Powers on Sports Podcast. If you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, go to the Jason Powers Sports channel on YouTube. I have all the podcast interviews that I do on there. I post them all there. So some great spots on there, and uh, you can catch me on Pressbox Radio. Been doing some work there. It's, a, it's an online show that uh, also has affiliates throughout the Southeast, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, a little bit of Mississippi, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, thanks to Mike Grace for allowing me to be a part of the show the last several weeks, and look forward to doing more of that with Mike and Mike Moat and company on PressBoxRadio.com is the site. You can listen to us live on demand. We have some great interview spots throughout the year. Uh, Mike does a great job getting guests and uh, give you some good content. So enjoy the podcast, enjoy the Masters, and we'll see you next week on the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.